Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hi, Bible people. It's Wednesday. It's midweek. And tonight, we have youth group at our church. That's right, we do. Yeah, we haven't talked about that on the podcast, but this is another platform for us to give some airtime to it. Well, uh, yeah, I I love our youth ministry. I love youth ministry in general. It's one of my special places. I started my ministry career in, and it's no surprise, youth ministry. I I started out as a volunteer, as a small group leader. I've done this now for, I think, ever since I left high school. I've been involved involved in youth ministry in some capacity. And this one is is no different. It's a, it's an exciting prospect. We have junior high and high school together right now, so 6th through 12th grade. But I would like to see that divided sooner than later. Yep. I'd like to see junior high in one area, high school in another, but right now our group is is reasonably small. So it doesn't make sense to change it yet, but Next week, we're going to be kicking off into the book of Ephesians. We're going to talk about death to life. But tonight, we have a special guest preacher in Matt Daniel. So if you want to hear him preach, uh, student or no, maybe you should just show up and listen. You should. You should. Matt Daniel of of SMU fame, right? That's right. SMU. Southern Methodist University. He's not a Methodist, though. He's not. Okay, good. He's not a Methodist. Good. We're not turning it over to like an Arminian that's going to be... No. Okay. I mean, not yet. Or a perfectionist? No, yeah, he's not. He's neither of those things. Okay. Well, that's good. But he is married. Yes, he is. And his wife serves in student <laughs> ministry too, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Sorry, man, I'm laughing because I, I, I can't help but get this stinking song stuck in my head that you sent me. <laughs> you sent me this stinking video. I, I know exactly which one you're talking about. And I, so here's... <laughs> All right. I was going to throw it out there. I have a boyfriend, so don't ask me out. Just look up the video. These are the words of the song, by the way. These are the words of the song that Pastor PJ sent to me, and it's awful, and it's catchy. So there you go. And there's remixes out there with harmonies thrown into the mix and everything. Yes. It's so painfully cringy, but it's like a train wreck. Like you can't. I I just got, I listened to it more than once. (laughs) The first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, kind of cringe. Oh, I can let's do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept doing it, man. Oh man. I hate you for it. That Well, you're welcome. That couple, they're not going to be there tonight, but hey, Matt and Brianna will be there. Pastor Rod's going to be there. Kristen's going to be there. Yes, she will. Um, our a whole team's going to be there, right? We yeah. got a, a great team of, of leaders that are, are serving in that, this capacity too. We're thankful for you guys if yes. you're listening. Um, I'm Thank thankful. You. I've got two kids that are a part of the student ministry, so um, very grateful for it. But uh, huge, important part of what we do here at Campus Bible Church is training up the next generation. We're and, passionate uh, about that. And yeah. we have a parent meeting coming up soon. You, yep. You've gotten an email if you're a parent. We have a parent meeting coming up. It's going to be at my place with Kristen. Lots of things to talk about in relation to youth ministry. I got some experience. I want to share with you what the vision is and also help help you understand what we're intending to do, our, our strategy and how we intend to partner with you as yeah. we hopefully watch this uh, this baby grow into something bigger. Yeah. And we talk about with our kids, man, right? That our kids is not just glorified babysitting. Well, neither right. is our student ministry. Not even close. So um, I was able to be a witness of, of Pastor Rod's ministry in uh, Southern California at our sending church for six years while I was there and just saw him do some awesome things with that ministry. And, and I'm excited to have his fingerprints on this ministry as we get started here too. Can't wait. Well, let's jump in. Speaking of getting started to our Old Testament reading, 
Psalm 142 through 144. That's right. And uh, then Good the job. rest of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think I made any mistakes this time. Not today, Not man. today. Not Crush today, it. Satan. Not today, Satan. Get up out of here with your wrong numbers. That's right. Anyways, uh, Psalm 142 is a, a mascal of David uh, when he was in the cave. Mm. Which cave? That one. Yeah. Yep. The only cave that comes to mind, when you hear cave and you think of a cave that's got a name in it in Old Testament, does anything come to mind? Uh, starts with an A. Yeah, Agilum. Yep, that's like, the one. That's the only cave that was named that I can even think of in yeah. the Old Testament. That's so funny. Maybe that's what this is. That's what we're just going to go with that. Yeah, maybe. Sounds good. But regardless, this is a situation where David's on the run and he's taking shelter in a cave. Plenty of times that we can point to in David's life recorded in scripture where this took place. And he's crying out to the Lord. He's praying to the Lord. And in the note that I had here is in light of Psalm 139, which we covered recently, last time I think even, uh, this is the appropriate response. I mean, when David says in verse two, I pour out my complaint before him, I tell my trouble before him. I think sometimes as Christians, we feel like we have to uh, you know, be prim and proper with our prayer life and hold back certain areas and, and not open up as much to the Lord to, to bear our soul and to say, Lord, I, I'm in a tight spot. This is what's going on in my life. Well, if Psalm 139 is true, if he knows the, the numbers of the hairs on our head, if he knows the days that he's written for us before even one of them came to pass, if he knows us to that depth, what are we hiding from when mm. it comes to our prayer life? And I think that's refreshing with David is when he just bears it out before the Lord. And sometimes he does it and he says, look, here's my sin. Like I'm in a tight spot, God, and I need you to help me. And here's my sin. This is what I've done wrong. I'm going to own this. But then here's the the enemy that's at the gate, so to speak, in my life. And I'm asking you to deliver me from, from their hand in here. And I think David is a good example for us and just that transparency in our prayer life. One of the cool things about this psalm is David's clearly on the defense here. He's he's running from something or from someone likely, from Saul. And one of the cool things is that it seems like God often does this to most of us, uh, if not all of us at some point in time. He hedges us in so that we don't really have any clear escape route. We're of this uh, of necessity backed into a corner, or in David's case, into a cave, where we have to say in verse 4, um, or verse five, rather, I cry to the cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge. There's no other place. You're, you're my dwelling place. You're my safety. You're my my rock. You're my redeemer, O Lord. There's no one else. And I think that's a good thing for us. Sometimes God has to do this by putting us in a circumstance that makes us feel like we're in a cave. Other times, God has to do this to us by simply uh, nature of the development of our soul. Like I don't have any other safety. I like this because it, it highlights. Okay, when I'm in these situations, I'm on the defense. I have no other recourse. I have to go to the Lord. And that's, that's a good thing. It's a bad situation that results in a good outcome. Yeah. And, and so often I, I think when life is difficult, that's when as Christians, it's easier for us to go to the Lord because we're aware of that need. Yeah. And then when kind of we're brought out of the valley, we're so to fat speak. fat and happy. Yeah. We're, we're, we're like Israel, right? And, yeah. and God warned Israel, hey, when, when you're secure, don't forget me. Don't forget that I didn't let the soles of your shoes wear out in the promised land or in the wilderness. And, and that's why I love verse seven too. David says, bring me out of prison that I may give thanks to your name, right? We need to remember that when God leads us out of the the valley, one of the purposes there is that we would glorify him for doing that and we would return thanks and praise to him and not, you know, forget him and go about the rest of our lives until we need him again. Amen. Psalm 143, then another Psalm of David here, um, where he is crying out to the Lord uh, and, and asking for, here's the word, mercy. So if, if grace, which we talked about on Sunday quite a bit, um, if you were with us, but grace is, is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Mm-hmm. So uh, judgment, uh, wrath, right? Condemnation. That, that would be 
what's in view there. And so David is crying out for mercy and he prays specifically in verse two, enter not into judgment with your servant for no one living is righteous before you, right? I mean, David's saying, look, it's like when he said a few Psalms back, if, if you should count iniquity, who could stand before you? And it's the same concept here. It's, it's going, okay, God, if you're counting my sins, if, if you are looking for the standard is absolute perfection and righteousness and everything else you're going to judge, no one can measure up to that. Right. And so please have mercy. Um, the, the desperation uh, for what it used to be comes out in verses five and six. He, he remembers when, when things were going well and, and when God was merciful, not only to him, but I think on, on the people of Israel at large. And that causes him in verse six to turn and plea to the Lord. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. And my, my backyard right now. It's parched land. Parched land. Mm. Yeah. I can see the cracks in the, the grass and the dirt that's there. And is it true that you're supposed to water your foundation? That's what I hear. That's yeah. what, is that true? That's a real thing? That's a real thing. You're supposed wow. to, and it's not so much the foundation as the, the ground around the foundation. Oh, yeah. Because right. it prevents it from pulling away from the wow. foundation of the house in the extreme heat. Okay. Yep. I it's crazy, I'm man. I'm doing that. It's crazy. I but start doing that. The soul thirsts, right, for God-like parched land, which, I mean, it's just convicting to me because I, I, I want that not just in the difficult times, but like we were just talking about in the good times as well. I want to be that desperate for God. And then verse 10, teach me to do your will, Lord, for you are my God. Go back to Psalm 86, unite my heart to fear your name. Lead me in your ways. Teach me to do your will. That same concept comes out again here in Psalm 143. I would see some, in verse five, I would see some resolution there. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. I think there is something to be said there about all of us saying, look, in in the cave or in the valley, wherever you are, to practice the discipline of recalling, of meditating upon, of, of even just memorizing all that God has done in your life is such a good practice, which is why I'm a big fan of journaling. If you don't know that already, you should. You should journal yourself um, because it's just so helpful, man. How, how can you remember all the good things God has done than by documenting and chronicling it so that you can recall it? So uh, let's pull that thread a little bit here because journaling, that's that's one of those concepts that a lot of people talk about. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways that people do that. Sure. There's a lot of different methods and, and things like that out there. Talk to us when you're, when you say you think everybody should journal, give us just like a bare minimum kind of sketch of what that would look like in our lives. So depending on the season, I, I might do more prolonged and extended entries, or I might just do a, a five minute Thank you, God, for these things. Um, some people call that a gratitude journal, and I guess that's that's appropriate. Uh, I don't really have a fixed way of going about it, and that's what helps me do it. I so don't, it changes I don't, daily or weekly? It or? can change, yeah, daily, yeah. weekly. It changes almost as often as I do it. It's just a matter of, okay, what, what do I need to do right now? It's a tool for the examination and the, the checkup of my soul. And so one of the things I try to do is to say, okay, what, what, what needs to come out? What's bubbling at the surface? Sometimes it's a photo with a quick commentary. Other times it's an extended prayer. Other times it's one or two sentences of God, I'm struggling. Please do this in my life. And other times it's, it's a, it's a, it's a long entry of gratitude. Look at what you did, God. And man, I, I can look at I use day one. I'm, a, I'm an Apple guy. So day one, I have 2,377 entries that are a streak. I don't know how many years that is. What is that? Five years, three years, six years, whatever number of years it is. <laughs> One of the cool things is I can hit the day today and I could say, oh, I have 20 some odd entries today. I have 20 entries on this day. So I'm going to scroll back all the way till my first entry. Ooh, <laughs> here's an entry. The best grilled cheese. That was my first entry on August 29, 2015. And it's a picture of my wife's grilled cheese sandwich. Okay, here's what it says. Okay, I'm just going to read it. This is the best food Kristen has ever made, <laughs> ever. 
thank you, Jesus. That's what it says. That's my favorite thing I've ever heard. That's literally what I mean. That's that's what it says right there. I I praise God for the for the grilled cheese sandwich. So I, there and, it is. And now everybody's down to know. Has that stayed in the rotation? She'll make it on special occasions because it's just like so rich okay. and so gooey and so delicious that it's not an everyday kind of food. Yeah. Hey man, that's awesome. Well, that's helpful. That's a, a great practice. I was going to ask about follow up with that. Is it just for the moment or is it for the future too? And you just answered that. So that's helpful. Well, Psalm 144 then David, um, is praising God and, uh, he's kind of on the, the, the other side of the, the valley, so to speak. And he's saying here, he's my steadfast love, my fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, the one in whom I take refuge. David's just exuberant in his praise of, of God being the one uh, that has preserved and, and is the one who protects him and shelters him. And it leads him to this humility in verses three and four, which harkens back to Psalm chapter eight, uh, where David says, Oh Lord, what is man that you regard him or the son of man that you think of him? If you remember from Psalm eight, David there was saying, what is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you have uh, made him a little bit lower than the angels even. And so there's a kind of a callback there here all the way back to Psalm eight, which we talked about so long ago, but man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. In other words, we're a flash in the pan and yet you you would be our refuge. You would be our strength. You would be our source of comfort in the, the, the valley, man. What is, what is that for us to, to conceive of our own frailty and your magnitude and that you would treat us that way? Super cool. song. yeah. Yeah. And it ends with a, a great way. Blessed are the people who, to whom such blessings fall and blessed are the people whose God is the Lord, which is a, a great, uh, just great conclusion of, uh, of praise. Well, let's jump over to the New Testament, to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and the remaining portion of chapter 10. So we're going to pick up here with 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14, where it says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. Remember, we talked about yesterday this idea that, uh, that temptation is there, that we endure through it, but yet at the same time, there's a principle that part of that enduring through it is if we need to flee, we need to flee. And here he says, flee from idolatry. Idolatry for you, you may think of the statues in these temples and things, but idolatry looks different for you and I today than it did for them during this day, although some of the sins are the same. I mean, your idolatry may be materialism. It may be that brand new Tesla that you want. That's like the Tesla plaid hey, superstar. Hey, 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 you know, watch your step in preacher. <laughs> These are my toes. <laughs> it may be, uh, who knows? it may be sex. It may be something. It may be status. It may be a promotion that you want something that you want more than you want God. And, and, He's saying, these are the things from which we need to flee. And then he goes on and he comes back to the the unity of the body of Christ. And he begins to introduce the concept of communion, something that he's going to get to later, the Lord's Supper. And we're going to actually preach on this this weekend. But uh, he says in verse 17, there's one bread and we who are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread. And so there he's, he's talking about the, the coming together to eat and the, the coming together to eat needs to be done for the sake of unity. And that means that, that we need to be careful and think about the other brother, the weak brother, the, the strong brother. We need to have those relationships as he's just been talking about and work those out uh, in a way that is, is pleasing and honoring to the Lord. From here in verse 23, he goes on on that same theme, talking about what's lawful. Well, everything's lawful, but not everything is helpful, verse 23. That's a good thing for us to think about, especially those of you who may say, well, I'm not the weaker brother, okay? It may be lawful for you, but is it helpful? And not just helpful for you, but helpful for your church family, the church body. Or is this causing somebody to stumble? If it causes somebody to stumble, we need to put it off because verse 24, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. We're after the good of other people. That's the great the great commandment and the second great commandment. Love God, love others. That's, That's right. That should be at work within the, the walls of the church as well. 
Well, verse 31, right? That's one that is, is one of the more well-known verses, I think, in Scripture. And it's that one that says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Now, this has often been taken and applied to like, okay, so as I'm scrubbing the toilets today, I'm going to do everything to the glory of God. Or as I'm flipping burgers, I'm going to do everything to the glory of God. But I think contextually, eating and drinking now should hopefully take on a different weight for us because he's talking about our love for other people. Whether you choose to eat the meat that's been sacrificed to idols or drink the the wine that was offered first in, in idol worship or not, if you're going to abstain from that, whatever you're doing, your focus and your goal in this is to do everything for the glory of God. And that includes how we interact with one another, which is the context of 1 Corinthians 10.31. It primarily has to do with the unity of the body of Christ being preserved for ultimately the glory of God. Does it prohibit, you think, the application to things like, oh, I'm cleaning the toilet, changing a diaper, things like that? No, because he says whatever you do. So it's there. I just think sometimes we we miss some of the fullness of the text right. when we isolate it from, okay, this is a, a specific context that he's addressing. He's not talking about, okay, when you're at Hutchins, if you pick up that brisket, make sure you pick it up for the glory of God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I will. Yes, we will. We will enjoy <laughs> it for the glory that. of God. But it's it's more of that that unity in the body. Indeed. And I think that unity of the body is something so profound that we miss it. We're so, we were just talking about this, I don't know, is it today or yesterday, about the individualistic nature of American America in 21st century 2023 mm. we're so hyper individual that the corporate concept of the church is often maybe not missed but misunderstood yeah we see the verses like this and we'll say oh yeah that that's that's good that's helpful and I, I should remember to do that but for the first century Christian it was not me first and then others it was us first it, their their concept of community and togetherness ranked before they themselves individually. And you see this. I mean, there's there's a couple books on this. And then one of them, I forget the name, uh, Joseph, not Haller, Hellerman. Joseph Hellerman wrote a book called, um, I forget the name of it, but it's a great book about the, the first century mindset when it came to understanding themselves, the, the strong group versus the weak group concept. In this case here, what, what Paul's highlighting is that the church should be one of the best and and most easily seen places where the group unity, the group's togetherness was forged out of a united heart for Christ. Did you find it? I see you looking it up. When the church was a family? That's the one. When the church was a family. When the church was a family, Joseph Hellerman. So I love that. And I think one of the things that we as Christians can do better today is taking stock of ourselves and how we give and support the church, not financially. I mean, that's a part of it too, but just caring for the believers in there, um, going out of your way to be the kind of person who, who is check, looking after the weaker brother. Yeah. This is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's super helpful and, and great food for thought, even as you're anticipating uh, this coming weekend and our first communion service together as a church, because that is an expression of our unity as a body of Christ. And, and that's one of the, the primary reasons and purposes for it. Well, that's it for today. Yes, it is. Yep. Another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast in the books. In the books. Hey, How many episodes is this? We like are closing 7, in on 100. I was going to mention that. I'll, uh, next episode, we'll start off. I'll let you know how many we've done, but we're, wow. we're in the 90s. We're closing in on 100 yeah, this episodes. Is exciting. It is. It's exciting. And we appreciate y'all's encouragement. So many of y'all have sent us an email or let us know that you listen or whatever. Or hey, rated and reviewed it. It's awesome. That Thank really you. does help. Thank I mean, you. rating and reviewing helps if you go on Apple, if you go on Apple Podcast and do Anywhere. that. Anywhere, do wherever it, you listen, do it Spotify, everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, because it it that it puts it up in the logarithms, and so it, it in algorithms, both of them, all the <laughs> rhythms, it puts algorithms, all of the rhythms. 
it helps get the podcast out there um, further. So, hey, but primarily this is for our church family and we love you guys and uh, are so grateful for you tuning in and we'll catch you again tomorrow. That's right. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.